Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wheat Among the Tares on this Wednesday morning. We glad, we're glad that you joined us this morning for this live broadcast, and it's a blessing to have you aboard. We've got an interesting uh, program this morning that uh, we wanted to bring to you, and we trust that it's going to be a blessing to you. Things a little bit different this morning, and um, again, we trust that what you're going to be partaking of this morning uh, will be a help and a blessing. We're going to be talking about Christian history and the fact that folks many, many times forget about their history. want to go to a story real quickly before we uh, go to our special guest in the studio with us this morning. Uh, Tim Stevens, pastor of Fairmont Baptist, Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, I reported to you last week that he was released from prison, and uh, praise God for that. And but we want you to pray. His he has a court date actually today in uh, in Calgary there. So we want to certainly pray that God's will be done concerning that. Uh, he has been uh, arrested twice for the situation involving the COVID health-related regulations there in the province of Alberta. And uh, he, along with Pastor James Coates and uh, some other pastors over in the, the province of Ontario, uh, Canada, all these men have been arrested as a result of this uh, COVID regulation situation. So we want to pray for that trial there this morning that God's will be done in it. And um, as the Apostle Paul prayed, he said this, that I pray they'll be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. And we certainly pray that, uh, th- that that will be the case this morning. So pray for that if you would. And uh, we would, I know that these men, if they could listen to this broadcast right now, they would say amen that they covet your prayers concerning them. I want to go right on to our guest this morning, and I want to introduce him. He is pastor and brother Carl Baker. Brother Baker is uh, the former pastor of Calvary Baptist Church down in Beaufort, South Carolina, and he pastored for 45 years. Pastor Baker, welcome to Weed Among the Tares this morning, my brother. Delighted to be with you, uh, Brother Blake it, and GGR Radio. Amen. It's, it's a blessing to have you aboard this morning. Folks, I, I wanted to bring in Brother Baker, and, uh, and by the way, I told him, pastoring for 45 years, he certainly earned his wings <laughs> <laughs> along the way, because I know you dealt with a lot of different things, my brother. Um, I brought Brother Baker in this morning because I, he is at this time or during the course of the last few weeks and, and for the next number of weeks in our Bible Institute on Tuesday evenings here, uh, Brother Baker has been teaching on the history and preservation of the scriptures. And this brought to my mind, it stirred my heart, concerning Christian history as a whole and how that men and women, um, we tend to forget the things of history. And Brother Baker, I do know that right now we are in the midst in our country of people trying to rewrite history and not even understanding that the liberties that we enjoy at this time 
are because of men who they are trying to fade out and totally obliterate from our history in this nation. So I wanted to start off by, first of all, asking you a little bit about just the history of, of our Bible and how we got that. Um, my effort here is two-pronged this morning, and we discussed that prior to, that not only the preservation of the Scriptures and the history behind the Bible, but also the fact that God gave us in Hebrews chapter 11, he also told us about the saints that went before us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, first of all, if you would just give us a little bit of background about how you came up with this study of the history of the Scriptures and what really what moved your heart concerning that? Well, I um, when I came to Calvary Baptist Church in 1975, um, there was a group of Marines that had been <clears throat> saved and and uh, were interested in uh, growing in the Lord as far as the knowledge of the Word of God. And as I began to preach and teach and go to go to the streets and preach there as well, um, there was a, a group of about ten men in our church and asked me if I would uh, start maybe a Bible study uh, on on the weekends where that they could kind of grow in the Scriptures and all. And as we began to do that, um, the interest began to grow as well. And so they asked me if I would, um, you know, just teach uh, just teach three hours a night, uh, maybe more than just two, ni- two nights a week, but just have a regular Bible class. So <clears throat> I, um, I started a little Bible institute just started out with just a year uh-huh. and it expanded itself into about a three-year course uh, over the period of time from 1976 to uh, about ni- 1980 and continued on until it finally just kept growing into a, a, a more or less kind of a small bi- Bible institute out of a local church uh-huh. had, and uh, th- had three years of studies there. And, and during that period of time, though, uh, we had church history and, um, and the and the scriptures themselves, as far as uh, manuscript evidence and such as that, uh, associated in these studies. And when we did, I noticed this right here, that there, there was two great things that helped our church as far as its foundation of our men and, and the women who came to those classes. One, uh, two things that really helped uh, their faith to grow and the strength of their Christianity to be more, more sound. And that was the teaching of the history of the church and the history of the scriptures themselves. Amen. And and I, I notice this right here. You know, uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But God also told us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And in doing that, history is associated with it too. Not just the scriptures, but but the foundation of the scriptures themselves. Amen. One example is the fact of the, of the Bibles that we have today. We have over 200 and something translations of the English Bible. And you'd be shocked at how many people choose a Bible on the basis of personal fre- reference or, or emotional uh, connect, connections mm-hmm. or even social connection as far as the scripture is concerned and have no realization that there is a Bible in particular that God gave us as an English-speaking people. That, he, that the Holy Spirit uh, was the author of and preserved for us in the English language. And of course, we, we, we that are Bible believers uh, that do study as far as history and the scriptures uh, associate that with the authorized version. But a lot of people don't understand where they got it. 
when they talk about a translation or they talk about a church, they don't even just like the Baptists. I found that when I when I started uh, uh, establishing that local church in in Buford, I noticed this right here that people were associating themselves as Baptists, but they had no idea where they came from as Baptists, and. And the same thing with the scriptures. And brother, that is that is uh, it brings home the point of it being that okay, we call ourselves uh, Baptist, right. but it, it'd be like you being in a family and you know having the last name, my last name being Lindsay. Well, you know what about the Lindsays? What kind of people were they? That type of thing, right? And uh, so we call ourselves Baptist, but. Really, what did Baptists believe? What is the history of that? Um, Brother Carl, I do know that in your course, and you've mentioned this before, that there have been many, and I'll call them very worthy men, Mm -hmm. who went before and um, gave us uh, the scriptures in the English tongue down through from the time of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, down through... Uh, the dark ages where men weren't allowed to have the scriptures. We talked about that this morning before we went on the air. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the point of, of men who were willing to lay down their lives in order for us to have the scriptures. Um, we have forgotten those men, have we not? Absolutely. And the establishment of the scriptures uh, out of um, where, the, where the disciples were first called Christians was in Antioch of Syria, according to Acts chapter 11. <clears throat> From there, if you'll notice this right here, the scriptures uh, in the, was, were spoken as well as written in the, in the original as far as it concerned, in the Koine Greek as far as the Greek language because that was the trade language at the time. And, uh, and from there, the natural, the natural um, movement of the Word of God, as far as it spreading abroad uh, and being going and uh, to fulfill the missionary endeavors the Lord intended to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Naturally, the scriptures were going to be translated into other languages and such as that, and uh, and it wasn't it wasn't translated into English the first time because there was no establishment of the English language. That's right. So the first translation of the scriptures, as far as uh, the, the text that we use, was the Syrian language and it was the old Peshitta, the Syrian Peshitta, and it was a uh, it was translated uh, according to the record of history uh, uh, that we have uh, probably before the year 200 AD and from there it went uh, from Euphilus took it to the missions to the Gauls and and took it on into northern uh, uh, going into Europe and 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 passing on into you know Paul said in Romans that he when he wrote in, to the Roman, the, uh, Roman believers, he said that when he was going to come to Rome, he would be on his way to Spain. That's right. In, in Romans chapter 15, he says, when I come by you uh, going to Spain. So if you'll notice, Paul's missionary endeavors were to go, go through Rome, but he was going to end up all the way to the, the seaboard in Spain, that, as far as it goes, as far as the Atlantic Ocean is concerned, mm-hmm. he was going to go there. And that shows you that this right here, that God was fixing to take the word, word of God out of Rome to Spain. And where was the next place that you could go from Spain? Oh. It had to be the New World, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was going to say North America. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. We've got right now, as, as we're on the air, and we was talking about God gave us an English 
Bible, and uh, but we've got folks from Germany right now. We've got sure. folks from France listening sure. right yes. now. So I find it interesting that uh, God gave um, His Word to the world, and that, as you mentioned, that He was going to have that translated uh, so that the average man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you alluded to a story last night. Um, in in the course of the uh, teaching last night, how that uh, was it Tyndale that said that uh, as they were in essence putting him to death, he said that that he that the average plowman in the field would have a copy of the scriptures so that he could know what God said. Well. It, what he was saying was he was speaking to a priest and a priest the priest and the catholic church was in great opposition in fact the bible was on the index of books during those periods of time where that only the priesthood was allowed to have the scriptures and and most of that was in latin uh, and used jerome's latin vulgate but tyndall wanted the the bible to be in the english tongue and the and the the Catholic Church was in great opposition against that. And uh, Tyndale just made a comment of this right here, that if he lived, he said, uh, the average plowman would know more of the Bible than you do uh, when it was through. And uh, that was uh, that wasn't just a threat. I'll tell you what, it wound up being a promise fulfilled because that's exactly what happened once that English Bible got into publication. And, and I say glory to God, Amen. brother, because... <laughs> It is, uh, it is certainly that the light of the word of God, the entrance of thy words giveth light. Amen. It giveth understanding to the simple Psalm 119 verse 130. And um, I, do, uh, I do greatly, greatly thank the Lord that he gave us um, the word of God in the authorized version. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people allude to it as the King James Bible, which is great. Uh, you know, we think that's a blessing because <clears throat> King James certainly was the one that, um, from history, is the one that motivated that particular situation. Um, going back to Tyndale and John Huss, yes. uh, both of these men paid with their lives, were persecuted, were hounded, brother, because of the fact that they... Uh, through what we absolutely know was the Holy Ghost moving these men to give us a Bible. What else in history regarding the preservation of the Scripture specifically? Um, I do know that that there are times when uh, there were uh, the Word of God seemed to fade with men and there's times when god drew it back out to the attention of men i know we're probably in one of those cycles if i could use that word where men today have pretty much shoved the word of god aside what do we need to do to bring those things back to remembrance to people i think that it's an an imperative thing in these days that if people intend to strengthen the faith and not only that but the desire of witnessing the truth uh, and and the gospel of Jesus Christ you need to understand that through the reading of the experience of those who suffered 
I realize today people don't want to suffer. They don't, they don't want to be ridiculed. Uh, this, this new woke movement and everything else has got everybody afraid to death and anybody's against them and everything else. You've got to realize that our forefathers went through the greatest persecutions you can imagine to be able to get us the Bible that we hold in our hand that we hold so dear. The Syrian Bible, when it, when it started moving, moved westward. God's movement has always been westward, just like mm -hmm. I was saying about Paul to Spain. And through the, through the northern parts of France, the, through the Huguenots and through the Albigensians and the Waldensians and, and such as that, uh, and through France, northern France, and uh, going from there and, and going through uh, uh, the Bible and its uh, different translations. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, I know the scripture says this right here, that in Psalms chapter 12, it says that the word of the Lord uh, is pure as silver tried as in a furnace of earth seven times. Yes. Our King James Bible is seventh English translation from the English when, since, the, since they started printing the Bible in Amen. English. And Amen. so, uh, I mean, I realize that people say, well, what, is, what does that mean? That's just a, a perchance or such. A, that, that may be so, but still there's something associated with that in such a way where that we, we can associate it with our Bibles in a way that we understand this right here, that the authorized version is that seventh English translation. Amen. And, uh, but, but there were two lines of, of scriptures and, and here's what people need to understand that's so important about history. How come that there basically are two churches that are called uh, the Church of Jesus Christ? The largest sector of the church that is called Christian is the Catholic, and the other is the Protestant. Okay, uh, I realize we have the Greek Orthodox, but the greatest movements were the Catholic and the Protestant movements. And those protests were called protesters, which were against the Catholic Church itself and the establishment of Rome having precedence over all the other churches. All of that happened around 600 A.D., the real movement. Even though Constantine established a, a state church in 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea, um, and, and gave, once he vacated Rome, he left Rome to the bishop of Rome where the, it could grow into a diocese. But and and established Rome in Constantine to be the capital mm -hmm. in in uh, Constantinople, the city of Constantine. But at that period of time, uh, people need to understand the rise of Islam began around 600 A.D. And when it did, it destroyed everything that was associated with anything that had had to do with the foundation of the church and the scriptures and all by destroying the libraries and everything else starting in africa africa where athanasius was the first bishop of the church of of africa uh, northern africa and they destroyed the library in alexandria and him being the and destroyed, went to Caesarea and destroyed the great library of Caesarea and began to come up into Palestine and, and took over Palestine and began to push by force Christianity out, out of that area of, 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 of where it was founded mm -hmm. and push it where it pushed it westward. And when it did, naturally the scriptures had to follow with it. That's why we have what we call the Byzantine text. Why? Because from Constantinople, the, the head of the Byzantine Empire, um, the, the, uh, the Muslim, Muslims pushed Christianity and, and all of its writings and everything else westward. So in, as it did, the scriptures followed it. And so that's, what, that's where I, we, we call the Byzantine text of the scriptures. The other text came from Rome. 
And that was where the foundation of Vaticanus Sinaiticus and, and the 50 copies of which Constantine asked Eusebius to give him a copy of while he was uh, in Constantinople, it moved and Rome uh, held the, the foundation of one text and the Bible believers of northern France and the Waldensians and, and, the, and the mountains of the Albigensians such as that, all of those had another text that's of right. the Scripture. And that's why there was a division at that time between real Christianity and that of the Catholic Christianity where the Pope was the supreme authority of, it, of the church. And so there's where the conflicts and all began and the separation and that's where the dark ages came in when the roman church was trying to uh, use of power over all the all the powers of europe and mm -hmm. and and so and having the powers that be on their side to help stamp out any opposition to the roman church in its faith as well as its scriptures um you'll notice that our, the byzantine text wound up in england and it wound up in in uh uh, out of coming out of Fr France into Switzerland and the Swiss Reformation and when uh, and Luther through the uh, you know the uh, the German Bible right. and everything else those scriptures that were given there uh, and the translation of those scriptures were from the tic the Byzantine text whereas the Roman Catholic translations and everything else were given from the use up of of Catholic authority in Rome. Brother, the uh, uh, interesting history, if you're just joining us, uh, Brother Carl Baker, pastor, former pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Beaufort, South Carolina. And by the way, he is a, uh, a member now here at Gethsemane, and uh, we've gotten such a blessing from him coming and joining us here. But uh, done a lot of study with regard to church history, and specifically uh, the history of the Bible and, uh, and God, how God preserved it. In fact, uh, Brother Baker, as you were talking about, you couldn't help but reach over and just pick up a copy of the scriptures I have in my hand right now because of the Waldensians and Albigensians and the Paulsians and those of northern France and into England and eventually coming here to America that we can hold a copy of the scriptures in our hands. And um, <clears throat> David said uh, over in the book of Psalms 119 that uh, he, when he found God's word, he found it as of great spoil. Yes. And, um, and certainly God has, uh, in his mercy and kindness, uh, preserved his word so that men today can still know the way to depart from evil and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Brother, the second aspect of... Um, the history of the church and the history of God's preservation of number one of the scriptures, but also he gave us in Hebrews chapter 11, he gave us what we call the hall of faith. And um, I have found myself, uh, and I, I love reading uh, the history of men and women that have gone before us that have taken the Bible, number one, believed it, and number two, their lives uh, were changed because of it, and they took that message that the Lord Jesus himself originally told us, to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, as you quoted earlier, to every creature. And uh, Hebrews chapter 11, if you've never read that before, uh, certainly admonish you to do so. Many of you that are listening have probably read that. 
But I think sometimes we go through that and we read it kind of quickly and we really don't let that reflect that that is a history of people who have suffered much at the hands of the oppressor whatever the dispensation might be. I mean, we go all the way from Abraham all the way through to uh, men that were, uh, the Bible says they were sawn asunder. Uh, Men that have suffered terrible persecutions, as you mentioned earlier. And, but God gave us the record of these people who have gone before us. And I find that many people today, they don't read any of these things of, of missionaries and pastors that have gone before us, Brother Carl. Um, you were talking a while ago about, in the book of Exodus, how that um, the people of, of, of Israel specifically, or actually Egypt, mm-hmm. um, there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. That's right. And um, elaborate then, on, if you would, because I know that was that was the point that kind of caught my attention, and because of the fact that people today don't know number one the history of the scriptures, and number two they don't know the previous generations that have served the Lord. Tell us about that comment that you made this morning. We live at such a time in America right now. I believe that everyone can can see it, and that is this right here of this new woke uh, generation and the. Uh, critical race theories and all this other stuff and the changing of history uh, in the public schools where that they're just they're now social indoctrination centers for a new socialism that's on the rise in our country there's no way this could have ever gotten foothold in this country 50 years ago you know why because 50 years ago people went to church people uh, not only went to church, but they knew something about how the church, how the church had effect upon this found uh, the foundation of America as a whole. Amen. They knew about you know the Pilgrim Fathers. They knew about you know the Mayfire Compact and such as that. They knew the establishment of a constitution in America and and the influence of Christianity upon that, and and uh, and consequently, there's no way that socialism and communism could take a foothold, especially after World War II, uh, like it has today. Amen. And the reason being is because the Bible is out of the public schools, whereas before the public schools began in the churches. They became as, they were an arm of the church That's to help exactly children right. be educated, just like Israel was educated by the, the Levitical priesthood uh, in, in, in the days of Josephat and everything else. Teaching priests went through cities to, te- to teach the children and all and teach the household the, the, the uh, Hebrew language and such as that. They learned it, they learned it from the church. Amen. And the same thing with our country. We began in a foundation of the church. Well, now people don't know any church history. They don't understand the, the Pilgrim Fathers, why they really came here. Uh, they don't understand uh, about the, the churches and the establishment as far as in New England and all that. Even the Baptists don't understand the history of the Baptist church as far as coming out of the Episcopal church and, and how it was established as far as you know, uh, William Bradford and all the, in the colonies and everything else, how they were established and how they were established around a foundation of scriptures. And, the, and, and why they came here because of religious persecution and, and political persecution. That's right. They, they came here for the freedom of religion. And that's why, uh, that's why I said in Exodus, you notice that Israel, when it came time for her deliverance, the scripture said, Paul, 
Paul mentioned uh, how that the Lord said about Pharaoh, for this purpose I've raised thee up. I mean, what, what was so different about this Pharaoh? Well, if you read Exodus chapter 1, it says this, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied, waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. At one time, this country was filled with people who professed to know God and believed in the church and its foundation through Jesus Christ. Amen. It's unbelievable that today we're on, we're, we're on, a, we're, we're on a plane where people don't even believe in God. It's just like in Europe. Were in Germany, where one time it was had a reformation within it, uh, 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 with uh, Luther in the 1500s they had a reformation in Germany over the issue of God, the Bible, and and the and and such as that. Whereas in America, now what we're having is we're having digression because people don't know what the Bible is. In fact, the, the Roman Catholic Church went to the Supreme Court to have the Bible put out of the public schools in the 40s, and that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So we got the Bible out of the public schools, and I'll tell you this, right? And they, and he started getting religion out of politics and, and its influence in politics, exactly. and believers started leave, uh, unbelievers started populating politics and everything else. Till now, it said this right here, and it, now there rose up a new king in the, over Egypt which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also to our enemies and fight against us, and so get them out of the land. If you'll notice this right here, that now what's happening is the powers that be are becoming so strong that are anti-God. Exactly. That I'll tell you what, they're having the influence over those uh, that have not been taught and do not understand history and where we came from and why and how we got here in the first place. Brother, that is an excellent point, and uh, I, I am sure that uh, because of what we see today in the news media, um, which honestly can't be trusted, but the things that ha are, are pushed by the media, uh, their whole purpose is to get rid of the of the history any type of biblical yes. foundation of this country and brother there is no such thing as a vacuum <laughs> because and i say that from the standpoint is if if christianity is pushed away then something is going to take its place mm -hmm. because people are going to believe in something and um and the socialistic uh, humanism that is being shoved and forced into our public schools is being forced into the the general workplace uh, through the again this woke situation and whatnot. The whole purpose is to absolutely drive Christianity away, and again, folks not realizing that the very liberties they enjoy is because of the scriptures and what was founded upon our in, in our country. Germany went through the same transitions um, after the Reformation. It went through the same tra uh, transition of this higher education thing where that uh, uh, evolution and everything else came out of Germany uh, and uh, through higher education. Our public schools are no longer schools where the person is taught the basic precepts of life on how, how, uh, how to work and labor and profit as far as an individual, as far as dealing with life in, in itself and, and living a life where religion is and, and, and Christianity and salvation and the service of God is not excluded. 
It is something that, that is added to your life whereby it benefits you to be able to perform life in a way that's profitable not only for man, but also it is also glorifies God. Amen. Our schools now are social indoctrination centers. And they, this the new movement now is a, a, a is a place where propaganda is used to change the mind of our of the infants that go to school. And now, just just like sex education, can you imagine sex education being taught to people kids that are five and six years old? It's unbelievable. It's abhorring to the adult mind that was brought up in the 50s and 60s. It's abhorring to think what children are being indoctrinated with and being confronted with at such an early age. What is it for? It's for social manipulation, political manipulation, to the change where the, the, where the, the people become the subservient to the government and religion. It is not something where they are subservient to the people in their faith and belief. Amen. Mr. Truth. Well, <clears throat> Uh, again, I trust that um, that the information that's been brought out here this morning uh, has certainly been enlightening to our listeners. We've had many from around the world been listening this morning. And um, our guest has been Brother Carl Baker, former pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Beaufort, South Carolina. And Brother Baker has brought out some excellent, excellent points this morning about church history, our scriptures, and the fact also, folks, that that God in his word, in fact, in Romans 15, 4, and I'm going to close with this this morning, but it says this, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Brother Baker, it's been a blessing to have you this morning, brother. It really has. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your heart and mind concerning history. And my hope is that uh, the things that have been heard this morning, that'll be a great profit to the folks that have heard it and that they will search not only the scriptures, but they will search history and learn um, the Christian side of history and uh, may God use it in their lives. Well, thank you again for joining us this morning here on Wheat Among the Tears. It's been our blessing to have you aboard. The broadcast uh, will be available via podcast later today. You can tune in to Weed Among the Tares. You can find it on your favorite podcast app. And also this coming Saturday morning at 11 a.m., we rebroadcast this so you can catch it here on Gethsemane Global Radio as well. Have a good day, and thanks, and may God bless you.